We're back in the cockpit for another interstitial episode. I'm Josh. I'm Justice. And we're talking about stuff. Wait, wait, stuff? Yes, I didn't come stuff. prepared to talk about stuff. I came to prepare to talk about, well, not stuff. You know, you're right. I, I also didn't bring stuff. I brought wrestling. <laughs> here's here's what I brought. Yeah. It is wrestling. That is all I brought. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I brought a bit of music. I actually lied. I also brought this whole, this big stack of paranormal detective books. Yeah, I'm only, yeah. I've only listened to 12 of them in the past three weeks. Only 12, you know, no big deal. So I want to start with wrestling because I, because I <laughs> a, a successfully pulled you back into wrestling a little bit. Uh, somewhat, yeah. And B, because wrestling is hype right now, like Jesus Christ, CM Punk is back. He's the guy with the Pepsi tattoo. Yeah, he is the guy with the Pepsi tattoo. So when I say I'm back into wrestling, I don't mean WWE. He means the good brand. Not in JPW. He means the good American brand. Ah, yes. AEW. All Elite Wrestling. I was talking about Ring of Honor, bitch. I mean, I don't even know if Ring of Honor has televised wrestling. Who said anything about being televised? I've just been watching a bunch of clips that people post on YouTube. Is that? That's why I haven't understood anything you're talking about. Oh. Uh, anyways, started watching AEW again. I don't know why specifically. Probably because we reviewed Hills. No, that is why specifically. That is the specific reason why you started watching AEW again. They didn't have anything to do with Darby Allen, Sting, and CM Punk. And... No, because you didn't know about those until you looked them up. Because you're like, I think I'm going to get back into wrestling after we watched Hill. I mean, I legitimately read an article about CM Punk coming back before I watched a single episode of AEW again. Yeah, but I'm saying you weren't really looking at that stuff until after we watched Hills. So, hmm. fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, basically binged three weeks worth of AEW, then bought All In, watched All In, was very good, very, very good pay-per-view. It was. Let's see, some highlights. CM Punk came back, he wrestled Darby Allin, Sting was there. I like Sting. It was a good match. CM Punk's still a little ring rusty, but it was good. Uh, but the big, big match of the night was definitely the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a steel cage. It was really fucking good like i actually really enjoyed that match I-, I liked the others but that was probably the match that actually drew me in i was most interested in watching it was a bloody fucking like fight it was good there was Not a shoe with tacks on the bottom i've seen a lot of critis- criticism of the match because it didn't quote unquote have a good story for the match nah. like it was apparently too unrealistic that pinta got smacked in the head with a shoe of tacks and then got right back up and kept wrestling what that, that's that's a concern I've seen. Have, have these people never watched a hardcore match before? Yeah. Hell, just a few weeks ago on AEW, Jericho had a hardcore match. Got fucking dropped onto a thing of shards of glass. Had Xeon light bulbs broke over his head. Hit with all kinds of shit. He got back up multiple times. Yeah, they were just upset about how quickly Pinta recovered. But like... Pinta was fucking dazed for like a minute, two it, minutes It was after a good that. match. And I don't like I don't see where the criticisms actually lie. Like, yeah, it agreed. was a good still cage match without like the win condition that still cages normally present of. If you escape the cage, you win. Yo, yo, yo. The escape the cage, you win condition is a WWE fucking condition. That is not a huge condition in a lot of other promotions. It's really a stupid condition because like, yeah, why do we want to see two people compete on how fast they can climb out a cage? No, no, no. Still cages and a lot of other shit are just, hey, we're trapping you in this cage. Because you can't get the fuck away. Because one of you has been getting purposely disqualified, or because one of you has been using foreign objects to cheat, or because, in this case, the Young Bucks are part of a giant faction who have been attacking all their yeah. competitors for months. Yeah, no, Still Cages, the whole Escape the Still Cage thing is a fucking WWE thing, and it was dumb as fuck. It is dumb as fuck. Other than that, the only other big match of the night was Kenny Omega versus the undefeated Christian Cage. Yeah. Christian being somebody 
casual fans might remember from his WWF and WWE days, mm-hmm. or his, the days where he was the face of TNA. Yeah. But now he has his first defeat because Kenny Omega won. He won dirty because yeah. he's a hill, but he won. More importantly, though, we got so many, well, three. We got three new wrestling debuts at All In. We got Ruby Soho in the Women's Casino Battle Royale. Named after the fucking Rancid song, which is dope. I had no idea who she is. I was just like, Ruby Soho. She Wait, the... I recognize the name. I recognize this song. Oh my fucking God, this is Rancid. She was the leader of the Riot Squad in WWE. Mm. Okay. That was the tail end of me watching WWE. They, they premiered the Riot Squad, which was her and two other girls. I don't remember their names. And WWE released her, so she's now in AEW. But we also got... Adam and... Cole, baby. Yes. I took that from you because I knew you wanted it. I wanted the baby so badly. <laughs> ah. Ah, why would you do that? But we got Adam Cole uh, making his return. Well, making his return to the Bullet Club, really, kind of. But not his return to AEW because he was part of WWE when AEW got started. Blah. And there's no really bullet. There's no Bullet Club in AEW. But he's joined back with the Elite, who were his Bullet Club team members when he was in Japan. Yep. And then there was. I'll let you have this one. Who was it? Brian Danielson, better known from his WWE run nowadays as Daniel Bryan. Because WWE, no matter what you say, is the most creative. They're so creative. They have the best creative. Mm-hmm. But we got all three of these in one night. It was excellent. But also, you skipped a match that I really enjoyed. I'm surprised you skipped it. Was it uh, the Miro match? Nope. It was the Jericho MJF match. Jericho MJF was good. I I really liked the story, the way they wrote the story for the ending of the match, because they had MJF win by oh, pinfall, yeah. but because some people had come out to help MJF, some other refs came down to stop him, and one of the refs on the outside saw the inside ref make a poor call because Jericho had his foot on the rope, which breaks a pin. So MJF won, they played his music, and then the ref consulted the in-ring ref, ref and was like, nah, he had his foot. So they restarted the match, and Jericho won. And it was a really good way to tell that story, keep the feud embroiled between MJF and Jericho, and allows MJF to still say you won, and that Jericho's a uh, fake and doesn't fucking matter, basically. And that he shouldn't be allowed to wrestle in AEW anymore, because the terms of that match were, if Jericho lost, he wouldn't wrestle in AEW anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's a good match. I don't know, I just didn't think it was as good. I thought, like, the best matches of the night were easily Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I was talking about from a story point, though. I think it. I think story point-wise, it was one of the best ones to keep that story going. Uh, yeah, I guess I was just, like, looking at the matches as, like, what were the best matches? What was the best fight? Well, not just fight, but, like, the performance, the storytelling within the match itself. Like, yeah, I was looking at it as a cohesive overall story. Like the narrative for AEW. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I get that. In that case, I think Omega and Cage's match is probably important, too. But like, Oh, yeah, no, that's true. But I, I was really thinking that Jericho's and MJF's does a really good job of how to tell that story going forward and unbroiling into the past. Also, Miro versus the Mad King, Eddie yeah. Kingston. Very good match. Also, the Women's Royal Rumble was fun. Yeah. I did. I had less fun with Britt Baker's title defense. Like, yeah. I, I really like Kristen Statlander, and I really like Britt Baker, but, like, the match was kind of a low point. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Still better than anything you'd fucking find in WWE, though. God, so true. Okay, I'm gonna try to stop us from talking about wrestling now. Oh, before I do that, I did, I did watch a back catalog of everything from, like, the last two months, though, over mm-hmm. the last week and a half. Very good product. I'm very much enjoying it. They m- Hooventude fucking Guerrera. Sting had a match, a tornado tag match with yep. Darby Allen versus 2.0. Yeah. 2.0 don't matter, but like Malachi the fact Sting Black was in a match. had three, four matches. Malachi Black, the former, up. the former Alistair Black from WWE. One of Josh's more favorite up and coming wrestlers. Yeah, right up there with Adam Cole, baby. But Adam Cole's not really an up and comer. He's been around since he's, like He's the fucking house. established, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been good. It's been good to be an AEW fan again for the last two weeks. 
Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'm really excited about wrestling again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been enjoyable. I'm definitely not as invested as you. I'll just be like, okay, I, I can fade in, fade out, whatever. It's all good. But CM Punk is back. God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's neat. I'm not as obsessed as you. That's painful. I'm not obsessed. I just enjoy good wrestling. I'm more excited slash jealous of the people who were there when he came back. They all got free ice cream. And they got to see CM Punk come back. I'm the, the free ice cream is more important. Do you know how much ice cream we fucking cost at a stadium? That's ridiculous, man. Fair point. So moving on from wrestling, what else is there to talk about? Well, I mean, there have been some new video game things out there. Yeah, I just bought a game called The Last Spell. Mm-hmm. That I think that game is new to this year. Maybe, I don't know. It is a roguelike tactics RPG resource management town builder. Nice. Yes, that's a lot of genres. <laughs> it's all of them. Yeah, it's actually very good. I would say it gets a little repetitive, but I've been enjoying it. I've got like I I plugged like Okay, so a little repetitive feels like one of the like inherent things when you say I just played a roguelike game. It's No. Hades is not repetitive and it's a roguelike. But Hades is also the crown jewel of roguelikes, so Okay, I'd argue otherwise. There's a repetitiveness to Hades. The gameplay is very repetitive. But it's not a repetitive game. Like it does even though there's a repetitiveness to it, it doesn't feel repetitive. There's enough r- variety in weapons and like room spawns and enemies and stuff. That yeah, I'm... things repeat. They don't repeat in such a way that the experience feels continuously repetitive. Understandable, I guess. With last spell, every night one is exactly the same. Yeah, it's all about optimal placing. Yeah, it's really fun. It j- you randomly generate three characters. They have character perks and flaws that affect them. They range in three different classes in the start: magic user, archer. And fighter, you can unlock more classes as you advance because you earn a currency that can be spent on an in-game shop to unlock new weapons, packages, new armors, bonus stuff for your defenses, and new character classes. And during during the night, you fight off hordes of zombified people. Are they zombified? Yeah, they're zombified by the dark magic, according to the okay, lore. Okay. And then in, during the day, your characters heal up a little bit of health, heal a little bit of mana back. They don't they don't heal all of the back because and your town repairs a bit. And you can repair your town. You, yeah. have, you have to use resources and currency Obviously. that you gain throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And you can build new defenses, build new houses to house citizens, build like shrines to hill and shrines to get more mana back, weapon shops, an inn to attract more characters that you could recruit. It's a lot of fun, but I don't think that's what you were talking about when you brought up video games. I mean... I expected that to come up, actually. Oh, did you? Last time. Yeah, yeah, because I also was going to mention that I just recently started playing Disco Elysium as well. Oh, how do you like Disco Elysium? I've really enjoyed what I've been playing of it. I was annoyed for like the last 45 minutes I played it, though. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Because I don't, I'm not a player in games where I get the choice to change my stats who has a high physical stat. Yeah. And um, there was a chair that I would just sit in and it would kill me because my health was so low. And uh, <laughs> I didn't. Real, know how to use my healing items like i didn't even realize i had any and then i accidentally pushed a button and i healed and i was like wait wait the over on the cross pad left one heals my body right one heals my morale mind blown and i was like i probably just could have checked the options of the game to like look at the controller lamp but i, I hadn't done that because mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know i had them yeah and so I, after i made it past that point because i was stuck in the area until i got through the conversation but i had to sit in the chair so I spent like 45 minutes just annoyed. I was like, I, I, my eyes hurt. I just want to not be here. I, I want to go back to the hostel that you start in, save there. That way I know what I'm doing in the game when I come back. Because I, I like to save in certain points in games. So that way I know what I'm up to. Yeah. In case I don't come back for a while. And I was like, I, I can't be here. I won't remember what the fuck is going on. Side tangent. Do you remember Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green? Yes. Do you, you know the best thing about those games that no other Pokemon game has is? No. When you turn it on and you hit continue, 
it shows you the last five things you did in the game. Oh, yeah, it does. You could skip through that if you want, but you know what every Pokemon game should have? <laughs> it tells you what the last five things you fucking did is? Yes. Honestly, I think like every game should have that. Like, last five major decisions you made. The last five, like, last five places you've been, decisions you made, Pokemon you captured. Yeah. Uh, every game should have, like, a history for, like, your talking and dialogue options and, like, where you've been. Like a fucking Viznop does where you can just, like, shit, I accidentally clicked through that dialogue. Don't, I, I'm not going to hit back or maybe I went forward too far. Click the little history button, scroll up. Okay, so that's what they said. That's what I said. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Yeah, game, game should just have that because I don't remember shit. Yep. So, Disco Elysium, though. You enjoying it? Yeah, definitely. It's been sitting in a folder of games on my Steam account labeled games I need to play because, like, I, I want to play it. It looks like exactly my cup of tea, <laughs> but I just haven't yet. I fucking love the uh, encyclopedia narrator. Okay. The encyclopedia is a stat you can give, and it kind of just gives your character information about the game. Because oh, okay. you basically have a voice in your head. Because the game starts, you're sitting in, like, a black void, and you can basically choose to not wake up, and that'll be the end of the game. That's amazing. And you can just die by random ways. Like I, like I said, I died by a chair. When I first started the game, I didn't choose to stay in the darkness, but uh, I turned the light on in my apartment. And apparently my hangover, was, my hangover was so bad. My health stat was so bad. I had a heart attack because I didn't turn the light off fast enough. Hilarious. And whenever you die, it pops up like a newspaper. And it's just like, detective, blah, 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 how they die. And uh, it's great. But the game, kind of in its narration, recognizes that you don't know who you are because of amnesia from your blackout drunkenness. But also that it vaguely hints to the point that is your character actually the character or is he being controlled by or compelled by some other force, a.k.a. you, the player. So the encyclopedia is kind of sassy, a sassy intelligence that tells you about the world and occasionally makes fun of you a bit. And it's great. And also the, the voice, the guy they have doing the voice actor for it is fantastic for the narrator. I love it. So you play as a detective? Mm hmm. What is the overarching plot of the game? Like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> what am I trying to do? Oh. Um, avoid the main plot as of right now, because that's what I always <laughs> do in games. Uh, but you start out, and the first thing you need to do is kind of just figure out what you need to do. Okay. You go downstairs, then you talk to some... Actually, you walk in the room, you can talk to a lady. And uh, apparently you're a cop. Who knew? And there's a guy who's been hung out on a tree behind the hostel, and your job is to investigate that. Oh. I have been out there. I have looked at the body. Um, I have not interacted with the body. I have talked to people about the body. I have not done the actual job. Though. I'm just like, that's a dead guy. Who wants to touch that? And I walk away. Speaking of detectives, though, I've been reading a detective novel series. And by reading, I mean listening to while I'm at work. Yeah, yeah. Jim Butcher? Jim Butcher, The Dresden Files. I've heard good things. So, oh, two jobs ago and about five, six years ago at this point, my boss was like, hey, Josh, my, who, he was also my DM. He was also like, he was always like, hey, Josh, you really should check out these Dresden Files books. I think you would really like them. I was like, I was like yeah, I've heard about that. That, that was a crappy sci-fi show, right? And yes. like, he's like, yes, but you need to check out the books. I was like, I'll get around to it eventually. This is eventually. If Eric, if you're listening to, if you're listening, I finally got around to it. They're great. You were right. <laughs> but I'm 12 books deep, which means I'm just now ready to start the first book of side stories. It's very good. The main character is a man named Harry Dresden. Mm -hmm. He is a professional wizard and advertises as such in the Yellow Pages. Why the fuck wouldn't you if you're an actual professional wizard? Like In a world where people don't believe in magic because it's based very similarly off the real world. So, fuck that. I'm a wizard. I'm going to tell people I'm a fucking wizard. And he's got a private detective license. So, really, he's a private eye but advertises as a wizard. He is a wizard. He casts magic. He fights demons and monsters and Wait, 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 wait. Would you say you're a wizard, Harry? (laughs) Yes. Nice. But... (laughs) The stories are very good. My first, like, I had a very initial reaction to Dresden Files where I was like, 
this main character is super vastly sexist, and I don't know if I like it. And then, I mean, that's kind of the go-to for PI, and if especially if you're going for like any noir or classic like gumshoe vibes, because it's they're generally based on like thirty aesthetic detectives, and it's just like no, no, they're sexist. Yeah, like, but and I was worried that the the author that like that was viewpoints of the author, and like, yeah, like I'm not saying that that somebody's creation has to be like show to have their viewpoints oh god no I, i'd argue a good author he's really good about making differing viewpoints but by the second book characters are continually like bashing on dresden because of his sexist viewpoints yeah and i should mention he had the first three books written before the first one was published so it's not like it was Band an editor or backlash back like, or, oh shit i have to fix this it, it was, was just... it was him like building that character and world so that was my only issue that i've had with the books at all and then was fixed by the next book I wouldn't say fixed. Dresden's still kind of a sexist piece of shit, but... It addressed your possible issue of, is this an overarching thing I'm going to have to deal with that everybody kind of deals with, and that I'm just going to be stuck with because the author is sexist. It was just, okay, no, it's going to be this one guy, but he's going to get fucking told off for him. People are going to make fun of him appropriately for it. Yeah. And hate him for it if, in certain cases. Yeah, exactly. Also, Harry Dresden's full name is Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden. He's named after three of the most famous magicians in the world. Harry Houdini... David Copperfield, and I don't know where Blackstone comes from. Mm. I'd have to look that up. Harry Blackstone Sr. Mm. Apparently, he was a famous stage magician in the very early 1900s, died in 1965, was born in 1885. Mm. Not a bad lifespan. 80 years. Mm-hmm. He was billed as the Great Blackstone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yep. I mean, the only thing I've really read recently is like the first three um, installments of what I can read without having to pay money. I'm not pirating anything. I'm, I'm reading... The Wayne family oh, yes. thing you on webtoons. Totally yeah. And it's really just slice of life Batman stuff. Honestly, it hasn't done anything great so far, but I like the art. I very much appreciate that Damien Wayne is now obviously of mixed descent between Talia Ghoul and Bruce Wayne rather than just. Because before this, he's always just been milk white. toast. Yeah. I am just the son of Bruce Wayne. You could never tell my mother's Talia Ghoul. <laughs> and now she's like, no, no, you look like you're, like Talia could be your mother. It makes sense now. Like, it's just better. And it kind of just starts with Duke Thomas moving yeah. into the mansion. And that's really it so far. The last one I read, I, read, I think it was three. They, they're coming back from a mission. And Duke learns that apparently they just have a tradition in the Bat family. That uh, when they come back and if no one's gotten hurt or anything, Alfred's made pastries. That's such a cool tradition. And then there's a fight for the last cookie. And they're fighting over it. Jason like tackles Damien, the cookie goes flying, it lands on Batman's coffee cup. He just looks at them, grabs the cookie, does the classic come get it hand gesture. They start attacking him, the cookie goes flying, Alfred catches it, just like uh, admonishes them and takes a bite of the cookie and that's the end of that comic. And I was like, I like this. It, it kind of feels like Panda Reds. Yeah, uh, so I started, I started reading it before I was catching up on his TikTok. Yeah. And then I saw a thing where he was talking about it. One, he also appreciates Damien Wayne with actual ethnicities. I need to catch up on Panda Red. And then yeah. he was like, I'm also kind of concerned because this <laughs> so, is kind of just my entire shtick. So if you don't know, the Panda Red is a TikTok creator and he does a bunch of comic book related stuff, but mainly like skits about DC universe stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird because he's like definitely a Marvel head. He just happens to I like... Mean, he really enjoys both. Yeah. Okay. But his favorite his favorite character is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And like he's got a lot of like Marvel... But he does, he does almost no Marvel stuff and just a shit ton of DC. Yeah. But his biggest bits are like doing the Wayne family mm-hmm. like these skits that launched him to TikTok stardom was Bruce Wayne adopting random people because it's they were the, really uh, good 
Alfred and, called the guys gets. Yeah. And it was just people on TikTok doing like really cool shit like gymnasts or archers. Flicking a throwing cards. Toothpick through shit, throwing yeah. cards, kicking through blocks, breaking sandbags off of chains, all yeah. that shit. And it'd just be like Batman seeing superhuman feats and just being like, that could be a new Robin. Alfred, call, call the, the guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. The guy being an adoption agent or something. It's never clarified, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that that comic book series, that graphic novel series, seems very Panda Red skit. Yeah, so he's like, I'm I'm, I'm kind of worried that, that my stake is just going to be like worthless now. So you talking about reading graphic novels online reminded me of a graphic novel I've been wanting to read, but I haven't actually got around to it yet. Mm-hmm. It's all free online. If you go to everyoneistulip.com, you can read it, and it's called Everyone Is Tulip. It is a graphic novel about a woman from the Midwest, basically where we live, mm-hmm. and she travels to Hollywood to make it as an actress. Okay. And she basically gets sucked into like the cult-like nature of Hollywood where people worship beauty and uh, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And she loses who she is to this like giant crushing machine that is Hollywood stardom. Um, it's a very depressing comic, but I'm very interested in reading it. Honestly, the name Everybody is Trailer just made me think of the um, short form RPG. Everybody is John? Yeah. You know uh, Everybody is John, right? Yeah, Everybody is John is a tabletop role-playing game where... However many people are at your table, one person starts as John and describes what John is doing that day. Mm-hmm. And then at any other time, somebody else can interrupt based on some type of mechanic I'm not familiar with because I haven't actually played the game. Uh, okay, so I don't believe it's GMless. I believe you still have a GM. I thought it was GMless, but... I think you can run it as GMless, but I think you have a GM in the base version. I might be wrong. But so what it is, every player has kind of a set number of goals, like certain things they want John to do. Yeah. And you are playing against everyone else. The person who gets enough points for their goals, which the more the harder your goal to get is, so the more specific you make your goal, the more points you're going to get. And that's why I think you have a GM system because you're kind of talking out with your GM because no one else knows what your goal is. So other people can accidentally do your goal for you. But what happens is you roll dice here and there to do some stuff on occasion. Yeah. Each and when player, you fail... Each player has two skills that they control for mm-hmm. John. And when you fail, you make a roll. And if you fail it, you're no longer John. That's one way to lose control of John. And then it goes to another person. There's another way to determine that. I think they roll off. And so, the other way to lose control of John is if there's too long of a wait between what you're doing. So like, oh, well, I need to go to this museum. It's 15 minutes away. I have to get on the bus. Well, John's not doing anything for 15 minutes. Roll to see if you're still John. So what I'm seeing, there's a couple ways you can lose control of being John. Mm-hmm. Um, one is if you fill a task that you attempt. Yep. The other people can roll against you, I think, if they choose to. Another is if you do something that, that somebody else's skill could, could oh, yeah, be yeah. used for, they can choose to roll it. for that. And if they succeed, they are now John. Yeah. So there's and a then bunch if it takes too long to get somewhere. Yeah. And the big thing about everyone is John. Or if you ever go unconscious. Is you don't have to be John. John could be anybody. Everyone is Batman. Like, the mm-hmm. game is so freeform. I really want to play it with a group of people. I think it could be yeah. a lot of fun. But we should do that next year for John. Gunn. Yeah. From my understanding, the GM is kind of just like the base plate for john when you have them he's just like the way i've seen well scenes i've heard other people play is the gm will sometimes be like a base plate for john so it's just like yeah yeah i'm, I'm kind of hungry and then like the player in charge is like you don't need to eat eating's for fucking suckers but but people need no you don't you don't need food you're different john it's fine man you don't need you know what you really need to do instead what what do i need to do okay so what you're gonna do is you're gonna break into that chemistry lab over there okay that doesn't sound like a good... No, no, no. Okay. I got this all planned out, man. <laughs> We're going to explode the chem lab, and it's going to be awesome. So that, that's kind of the way I've seen it play, where it's just like the people are more of a voice in John's head that control him. Yeah. Which I'm down with that way of playing. I think it's a cool way to do it. 
Oh, I was like, how did we get to everyone is John? It's because of everybody is Tulip, which <laughs> yeah. you can read for free at everybodyistulip.com. Yeah, no, the name just reminded me of everyone is Sorry. Tulip. Sorry, everyoneistulip.com. Mm-hmm. Which is why it reminded me of everyone is John. Everybody is uh, John. Everybody, everyone. Close. Semantics. Well, not semantics when it comes to finding everyone is tulip.com. I mean, yeah, sure. We're not sponsored. I just really like the person that made Everyone is Tulip. I like the content they make. The concept is cool, too. The creator of Everyone is Tulip is Dave Baker. He oh. does C- Deep Cuts podcast. Yeah, yeah. You've told me about him. And I love the podcast. And he, him and his co-hosts are both comic artists. Mm-hmm. Comic writers, actually. One of them is also an artist. Comic but, creators. Yeah. So I'm really excited to read it. Yeah, makes sense. If, if I like it enough, I'll buy a copy. Because supporting artists you love is important to like make art happen yeah so and if that's if we had a patreon that's where i would shill the shit out of it hmm justice just got a far off look in his eyes i think he's thinking about making a patreon i was thinking about the alternate universe where we already had one it still uh, has no money in it <laughs> okay so we i talked about the dresden files which i've been reading yep you talked about batman comic that you've been reading yeah on webtoon if you want to find it just... what is it called I don't remember the name of it. I could check real quick. Okay. Well, you look up the name of that. We definitely talked about wrestling because Hills was great and AEW is great. And did you know Stephen Amell, the, the lead actor of Hills, actually wrestled a match at an AEW wrestling event? I did. And I'm pretty sure we mentioned that in the episode. Also, it's called Batman colon Wayne Family Adventures. There you go. Wayne Family Adventures. You can find it on Webtoon. It's an app you can easily install. I believe you can find it as a website as well. We're also not sponsored by Webtoon. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be way hey, more money than I would ever hear. Hey, Webtoon and or Davey Bakes, if you hear this, feel free to sponsor us. Yeah, Webtoon, I can talk about more Webtoons. I, I have quite a few on my list here. There's stuff. one Webtoon that's really good for the first, like, five minutes. It's called uh, God of High School, and then it then it just sucks. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I could talk about Boyfriend of the Dead, my uh, my giant no boyfriend. Boys? Hooky, No Bless, Blue Chair. What's uh, Tower of God? That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was Carl, a good one. Carl, Dinma. A bunch of shit, man. Like it's possible. Um, let's play. I think is the name of it. I, I uh, it, something like that. Joking about sponsorships aside, do we have anything else? Well, I mean, not games we've played, but September had the whole um Sony thingy. And oh there was yeah, a few cool things there. I've not watched any of the Sony show. Neither have I, but I know Insomniac had the teaser for their Wolverine game. It's a forty-five second trailer that tells us nothing. It tells me that it looks pretty, which I'm not surprised by. But, Insomniac Spider-Man looks pretty. Was that in the game engine or the like? I would assume it that's said like cutscene, not actual gameplay. So I'd assume it's cutscene footage, which is yeah. So but, it's not necessarily in game engine. Yeah, but it does look pretty. What we did actually get a gameplay trailer for is Marvel's Midnight Suns, mm-hmm. which looks dope. It's a tactic RPG with superheroes, and you get to make your own superhero. I just, I mean. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I I have nothing bad to say about that. I love tactics RPGs, which is why, despite the fact that Last Spell is a roguelike, why I bought Last Spell, mm-hmm. because I hate roguelikes. Yeah, but tactics games are fun. I was ex- I was waiting on you, for you to like counter, because apparently I love roguelikes I now. mean, you do like a lot more than you would ever think, given your hatred of them, but... Look, Slay the Spire, Hades, Last Spell... I would say spell. you hate the backlog the majority of the backlog of roguelikes like you kind of generally like recent lo- roguelikes yeah that's fair I, I i've taken to describing it as hating roguelikes that don't do anything new yeah except for hades which doesn't do anything new but somehow is still the fucking best game i've ever played in my life also i mean i stumbled across vampire the masquerade blood hunt which is a battle royale vampire the masquerade action game that's not out yet 
It still looks like garbage. Early access, I think. And still looks like garbage. Yeah, like the background assets look great. It makes me want them to make a good game. But um, I don't I don't do PvP games really unless they're like board game PvP games because I like board games. Yeah, I flirt with battle royales. I I also really don't like battle royales. I played some of the Call of Duty battle royale, which I don't remember what it was called. Warzone. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. But then it got to be like a hundred and something gigabytes, and I was like, <laughs> "This is too much, both figuratively and literally." The updates were too long, and the game was too big. Yeah, uh, and it's just because it wasn't packaged correctly, really. I played some Fortnite with friends. Uh, the times I've played Fortnite, my nephew insisted I play Fortnite. But honestly, I'm not a big fan of like battle royales. I do like PvP games like Valorant and League of Legends, and I haven't played League in two years, so maybe saying League of Legends is a strong why. I'll play Dokapon Kingdom. I'll play Ticket to Ride on the computer. I'll play carcassonne carcassonne on the computer i'll play battleship on the computer i'll play gloom basically if it's a board game and there's a computer version i'll, I'll play it also mario party i guess because I mean, Punk kingdom doesn't have an actual physical board game version though yeah yeah but you know yeah I, also I anybody play that doesn't fighters know, on occasion but anybody that doesn't know what Pong kingdom is if you if you like you know people that are like mario party will ruin your friendships <laughs> <laughs> They've never played Dokapon Kingdom. Hey, you want to start a game of Dokapon Kingdom after this? No, I love the game, but I hate playing it. <laughs> uh, Why? Because the no <laughs> Dokapon Kingdom is a game for the Wii. It's insanely expensive. There's also other versions, but the best one is for the Wii. It's insanely expensive, but a lot of fun. It just makes you hate playing it very quickly because it. Yeah, it's an RPG though, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's dope and neat and definitely the better Mario Party. Yeah, I mean it doesn't have the mini games like Mario Party. Yeah, which the mini games are probably the best part of Mario Party in my opinion. Yeah, but you know what else it doesn't have? The random star bullshit. I mean it does have random shit. Yeah, but it's not the random star at the end of the game, which is bullshit. Yeah, you know exactly how the game is going. You might get random like encounters and shit, but at least you're aware of that, like, what? and have a chance to fix it. What was that shitty Dokapon clone we? had for half a second billion road or something uh yeah i think billion road billion dollar road yeah and uh it was a shitty monopoly slash dokapon kingdom king ripoff and it was garbage that game was bad but i was great at it by which i mean i got one good instance of rng and then coasted from there yeah because rng jesus loves me well we're not i got a new role-playing game you did. We probably could have talked about it when we were talking about Everybody is John. We could have. That would have been the perfect time. It's almost like these are unorganized and we're just talking about the shit we think of as we go. But that's the beauty of editing. Now we did talk I'm, about no, this. No, I'm not moving this shit around. <laughs> Fuck that. No. Hell no. No, 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 no. That requires more effort than I will ever put into this. I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. I don't care that much about you. Not that much. I like you guys. But, but through the magic of editing, this now does tangent to everybody. Through is... the magic of editing. Sadly for you, unlike Harry Dresden, I am not a certified wizard. So it's uh, not happening. Well, actually, if you were Harry Dresden, we couldn't do a podcast. Because in the world of the Dresden Files, wizards mess with technology just by be- existing near it. So Harry Dresden's apartment doesn't even have a water heater or an oh, actual shit. refrigerator. Am I a wizard? Uh, Audacity's been a bitch. No, no, see, it would, my computer would have exploded if no, you were No, no, see, I just have low-level magical powers. Oh. Yeah, so Harry Dresden has, like, an actual icebox <laughs> and takes cold showers because... 
<laughs> he could still take warm fucking showers. He's just a bitch who doesn't want to use wood to heat a fucking basin of water. That's on him. And his house is lit and heated by can't by by a fireplace and candles. See, so here's a problem I always run into with this. And I'm sorry we pushed bad decisions back again. But when people have issues with technology, mm-hmm. I never like it, it's never clear where that issue starts most of the time it's normally just like computers and that shit but i'm like so what in a computer causes the problem for them because they've been around silicone like technology is things that just make it easier to do other things so arguably if you're really bad at technology you go to use a fucking pizza cutter and the wheel falls off of it so in the dresden files specifically our best explanations so far is that he lets off some form of low radiation electricity Okay. And, like, it's why specifically technology from, like, pre-World War II is still very, like, usable. So what I'm hearing is he actually could have functioning, like, a laptop and shit. He would have to pay someone a bunch of fucking money to make it durable against wizards. Yeah, probably if they had, like, the proper shielding and shit, he could have it. So he needs space-age technology. Yeah, sounds right. Although, literally I, throw he, the might fucking still sh- be able, he might still be able to fuck it up if when, he, when he's casting spells. Because the, like, normal radiation of electricity mm-hmm. is is weaker it can still cause shit to fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't cast magic in your house. But his his house has, like, got magic around it 24-7 because of words. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, you make a shielded panic room in your basement. That's actually just your living room with, like, game consoles and no, shit no, his, set up. His basement is already his lab where he does more magic. You do a second basement. He doesn't have a second basement. He lives in a basement of a basement. He can make a second basement. No, He's so just it... being a bitch. He has magic. He can do it. <laughs> magic doesn't work that way. Yes, he it does. Re- yeah. You read the Dresden Files or listen to them. I own 12 of the books on my Audible. You have access to my Audible. Yeah, no, but... I own 13 of the books. Sorry, I lied. See, that makes sense. So at least they kind of explain it. But there are so many things where I see magic and it's like, magic doesn't work with technology. And they never explain it. I'm just like, but why? Is it because you cast off some type of radiation that fucks with the electricity? Do you give off a like, small charge that fucks with the he technology? Like he also or fucks, does your body just not like silicone? He also like fucks with being on camera and like being... Yeah, yeah, getting x-rays and shit because that last one sounds different from the others <laughs> and not correct well x-ray machines are still electrical machines i don't mm-hmm, think he's fucking mm-hmm. with the radiation i think it's like has to do with the actual camera that okay but if it's just low level it should feasibly still work from far enough away i mean he does get x-rays but like it takes like three or four tries to get like good images okay okay like, it's not like every x-ray is bad, and it's not like every time he appears on camera, it's fucked. It's just like... I got you. Okay. Low level. Yeah, so, yeah, he just needs space-age technology. Like, throw the type of shielding you fucking throw on a uh, space shuttle on his computers and shit. He's golden. Anyways. Man has a laptop that's the price of a fucking house. Anyways, we were about to talk about Bad Decisions role-playing game. Bird Decisions? Which has a secondary game inside it called Bird Decisions. Mm-hmm. I've only skimmed the game so far, but the game itself is a multiplayer role-playing game like most role-playing games but it's also like it's also got kind of a pvp element going on where there can only be one winner as the game plays your character is going to make bad decisions intentionally Mm -hmm. the game is essentially a horror movie come to life you're playing characters from a horror movie and you're going to make the decisions characters in horror movies would make yeah the game even suggests like if you're going to make a decision and you you're not sure and you kind of want to do a bad decision or you feel like you haven't done anything yet if your decision isn't something that in a theater or you're watching a movie and you're just like you don't want to feel the urge to yell this kind like don't fucking do that that's are, fucking dumb are you stupid what are you doing then you're probably not making the correct decision that's probably a good one you need to make a bad decision and when the game gets down to the last two players 
we re- we find out that one of them has, has been the mastermind behind all of it all along, and the other is the final girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending who wins in like a roll off, there it's not exactly a roll off. We uh, figure because one of them is going to be left alive, and it determines based on how the last person. Both of them can be left alive because it does allow for endings like Scream, where the killer is dead question mark yeah or like indians like joyride where the killer has been arrested question mark the killer's not arrested at the end of joyride he's dead at the end of joyride yeah he crashes into a canyon yeah my first joyride yeah he crashes into a canyon not first joyride oh yeah that's the second one where he's burned as fuck no that's like the fourth one no no i've only watched three so it has to be the third one then it's the one where they go to the house which is the second one i was fairly certain the second one the second one their car breaks down the desert and that's when we find out he's still there. At the end of the first one, you're right, though. We see his truck stop. We see a truck stop. And a girl's there. And he's just like, you need a ride, Candy King? That's the end of the first one. It's the second one when they crash his truck into the fucking canyon. No, that's Joyride 3. I can tell you just based Joy on the Joyride 3 is the shitty one with the um, where he makes the guy dress as a woman and perform sexual acts in a truck stop. It's not that one. Maybe it's not. I don't remember. I don't think I've seen Joyride 3, actually. Or if I have, I've seen it once. I mean, I think we have it. I think I bought you a three-pack bundle because it was cheaper than just buying Joyride 1. Joyride 1's so good. I love that Yeah, movie. yeah, it was just cheaper than buying Joyride 1 for you. So I was just like, here's more Joyride that you're not going to want to watch. I think I've seen it once. But yeah, so there is an option that they live, but like... Yeah, more often than not, though, it's one individual and whether the mastermind lives or the final girl lives basically is determined by who makes the final role and how it turns out. I think if you're the one who triggers the end of the game and you win, you're the mastermind. Mm. And if you lose, the other person's the final role. Okay. I think... On the topic of RPGs, though, I've got good news that I haven't told you yet. Yeah? Lighthearted is done. Dope. And it's getting ready to ship. I mean, I should be getting Moonshine Empire anytime soon. My board game about selling Moonshine. I didn't know you backed that. That sounds amazing. Honestly, it's more arguably a Euro trash game as in... Looking at it, the mechanics don't fucking necessarily match the theme of the game. You could be doing anything. Yeah. But uh, it, it's skin as moonshine sellers, and I'm down with it still. Cool. Lighthearted, I've talked about it on the podcast previously. It's kind of like Monster Hearts, but magic and not monsters, but set in high school. Yeah. I'm down with that. It sounds amazing. I'm super excited. I chilled out the extra cash during the payout. like The backer kit. Yeah, in the backer kit to get the deck of cards that has all the scenes based off the songs from the 80s in it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I also backed the Avatar The Last Airbender role-playing game, which uh, I'm excited about, but is also like going to be the most like hyped-up role-playing game ever. It's way too much money for a PBTA game. A PBTA game doesn't need that much money. Don't get me wrong, I love PBTA. It's a great system. But also, what the hell, man? Also, I, I love the fact that people are getting into other role-playing games yeah. rather than just D&D. Well, also, just, just to give you some ideas, Avatar Legends, the role-playing game, raised $9,535,317. Which is fucking ridiculous. It was backed by 81,567 people. Mm-hmm. And just hit some heads here for you. It was funded in 16 minutes. So it earned the $50,000 mm-hmm. it needed to fund in 16 minutes. It hit all their stretch goals, which honestly, obviously. Yeah. But it's also now the number 10 funded Kickstarter of all time. Out of all Kickstarters, number 10 funded. The number one most funded tabletop role-playing game on Kickstarter ever. And it's the number nine most backed of all Kickstarters. Yeah. Also, Dante, Bra- Dante Basco has joined the actual play that they're doing that's dope everyone loves zuko yeah so that's gonna happen but yeah avatar legends role-playing game is a massive success and due out in february yeah like i say though 
I appreciate that people are getting into more than just D&D. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be a lot of people's first RPG. Because if you remember, kind of around the initial lockdown here in America, Avatar got a lot of popularity on Netflix. Yeah. So you have a lot of people who never watched it, got into that, and then from there got into anime and shit. But if it's also now a way for people to get into like tabletop role-playing games, that's even cooler, man. Like Avatar is an iconic property. Mm Mm-hmm. And it deserves to be. It's fucking fantastic. It's a gateway for most people to anime. Like mm-hmm. people that haven't seen anime watch Avatar and they're like, this is cool. Where can I watch more stuff like this? And then they go to, go on to watch like Hunter Hunter and shit. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't suggest like the way I got into anime, which was with Gundam. That's especially as, as a child. Or like, Pokemon. I mean, I mean, yeah, but like Pokemon, like nobody really recognizes that Pokemon's anime. Like, I, I noticed like when I was really thinking about it as a young kid that it was a japanese show yeah just because i knew gundam was because our, our cousin told me gundam was a japanese show and i was just like I, I, I don't care i don't understand the weird politics things do but those are giant robots and they're fighting and that's cool man yeah my i think my first like legit anime was probably dragon ball z or yu yu Hakusho. I, yeah like one of my earliest anime memories is kuwabara fighting his saint beast and wrapping them around the tower on a sword made of light yeah no like Definitely my first anime was probably like Pokemon or some shit, but I don't remember that as my first. The first anime I really remember was Gundam. Yeah. And it was dope. And for a lot of people, the first anime they remember is Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Fuck people that say it's not anime. Legitimately. Anime is animation. Go fuck yourself. Don't gatekeep what anime is. Star vs. The Forces of Evil is anime. So is Owl House. Like, if you just want to be like, hey, this Japanese anime or this japanese cartoon which don't get pissed off when people call it a japanese cartoon either because fuck yeah that, that that's what it is who would have guessed yeah no like don't fucking gatekeep that shit man it's dumb as fuck same with rpgs yeah don't, don't gatekeep don't, just don't gatekeep it's bullshit and honestly although if you haven't played pokemon red red blue or yellow you're a fake fan stop playing pokemon games <laughs> that was a that was a joke yeah but like honestly though like you ever noticed kind of horribly that Three of the things we really got into are some of the fucking worst about gatekeeping. Yeah. Role-playing games, anime, and metal music. Ugh, so, metal music's a weird one. Yeah. Because, like, I think metal metalheads in general fall into one of two camps. They're either really cool people that want mm-hmm. other people to experience the music and enjoy it, or they're the guys outside the pit that are like, why the fuck is that girl in the pit? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like <laughs> see I, it's a similar mean, situation with role playing games and anime too. Though you either have the people who are like, oh, you haven't watched Evangelion, you haven't watched this. How can you say you like anime? Oh, you didn't start with this. You started with Pokemon. You you don't like anime. To, to be can fair, you name me every fucking thing this director's made? To be fair, you're the guy in my life going. You haven't watched Ava. What the hell? Uh, yeah, but I'm not saying you're not allowed to enjoy anime. I'm just like saying, bro, watch Ava. Ava's great. <laughs> I'm not saying like you're a fucking big fan. I'm just like. Watch Ava. There's a reason why people like it. It's because the OP. The OP the is OP amazing. The OP is fantastic. Yes. I don't... I, like, I watched like six episodes. <laughs> what do you want from me? The OP was the best yeah. part. I will finish it at some and point. And then with RPG fans, it's also fucking horrible. Mind you, a lot of their gatekeeping is like the metal gatekeeping. Wait, wait. That's a girl. They can't <laughs> fucking play this game. Uh, Go fuck yourself, man. Or like... I, my favorite gatekeeping... You didn't start with D&D first edition? My favorite gatekeeping in, in like video game rpgs mm-hmm. are the people that are like oh you haven't played through final fantasy 7 i'm like no i haven't played through final fantasy 7 but like i played through 4 8 10 1 like 
Maybe not yeah. seven, but I've played a bunch of the other ones and I still like the series. Just because I haven't beat seven doesn't mean I'm a fake fan. Okay, so my favorite thing to do when someone's being a, a gatekeeping asshole is to be a gatekeeping asshole in return. Like, so the, for the Final Fantasy VII argument, oh, so you've played the most popular, well-known Final Fantasy? Bitch, have you played five, six, nine, so two, here's my three? Big, have here, you? Here's my big thing with Final Fantasy VII. I didn't have a lot of disposable money when I was in, in like mm-hmm. high school and shit. So like yeah. getting Final Fantasy VII was hard. So yep. I also didn't have a home internet connection, so I couldn't just buy it on Steam. And by the time I had like disposable income, Final Fantasy VII Remake had been rumored for like a decade. I'm just sitting here like, I mean, I can just wait. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I don't want to play just the first part of Final Fantasy VII Remake. When are you guys going to make more of the game? <laughs> right. I plan on playing it, but... Yeah. And also... Uh, Final Fantasy VII's oh, definitely overhyped. Like, yeah, Dirge of Cerberus is probably better. I mean, even over just going with like mainstays of the series that aren't that, that was also of others. That was also a joke. I recognize Dirge yeah. of Cerberus is a bad Final Fantasy game, but it's a hell of a fun uh, game. Nine is dope, and so is six. Or, or am I thinking of five? Is it six and five that are swapped? I don't know. America and Japan? Final Fantasy four and ten are my favorites. Four is cool. Cecil's dope. Uh, I also like Furion, who I think was in two. Sounds right. I don't remember which people associate with which numbers. Okay. What I what I do know is Final Fantasy X is dope because Blitzball is the best mini game ever, and everybody that disagrees with me is wrong. The card game in eight is fucking fantastic, dude. Blitz. Okay, so I don't like sports games, but I love sports management games. Yeah, I I, I kind of get that. And that's what Blitzball is. I mean, you do kind of play the game, but it's mainly just like managing your team and like assigning skills and stats and training people up it's just a lot of character management yeah i'm not gonna blame you like character management games are surprisingly fun really just resource management games yeah i spent like an hour last night debating re-downloading fallout shelter Mm. on my phone because that game is great and by great i mean terrible yeah i like resource games but i don't like resource games where i have to fucking wait forever to actually play the fucking game this war of mine is the best resource management game i've ever played in my life yeah this war of mine is good and i don't know this war of mine is a board game and and it's one of the hardest most enjoyable experiences playing board game as a co-op group i've ever played it also arguably is one of the best for the reasons of a lot of board games especially co-op board games there is a correct way to play the game yeah this war of mine doesn't have a correct way to play just like the video game it has there a, isn't a right way yeah there are better ways to play this war of mine the board game but no correct way which is great and by correct way we mean most optimized to win as fast as possible in yeah, the best way possible. it's why people don't like playing eldritch horror, horror or Arkham horror with me dead of winter i'm sorry those games have an optimized point like you can optimize the play of those games, mm-hmm. especially when you find out who the traitor is in, our, in Dead of Winter. Like once you know who the traitor is, there's an optimized strategy. Dead of Winter doesn't have a traitor mechanic. Dead of Winter has a traitor mechanic. Oh yeah, it it, it does, but you don't. You just have... forget because you're always the traitor. Also, you don't always have a traitor, and it's also just like Betrayal House on the Hill, which is there's a correct way to play it, and no one ever wants to play it the correct way with us. The optimized way to play House on the Hill is to spend as long as possible exploring the house. And before, avoiding haunts. Before triggering the haunts. Mm-hmm. And with the correct item layouts, uh, you can just so, max your stats before the haunt ever starts. Yeah. Like, and the traitor loses. The correct way to play House on the Hill is if somebody reveals a room that ups a stat, stop revealing new rooms right then and there. Everyone else goes there. And go there and up your stat. Mm-hmm. It makes the traitor better. It makes the character, the players better. And because there's more players than traitors, the player will win. We've done that before, though, and I've won. 
Yeah, but you're always the traitor, so you you plan for it. <laughs> He's not wrong. He, I the game, you don't know who the traitor is at the beginning of it. But because I'm always the fucking traitor, I plan for that shit. I'm just like, well, every friend group has one, the perma traitor, right? Speaking as the perma traitor, other perma traitors out there, you you don't know why it happens to you either, do you? It it just does. So you've just accepted that. You roll with it. You know that if some horrible crisis was ever actually happened in real life, they'd eye you suspiciously. So you're going to be prepared to stab them in to the back, fair. not because you want to, but because to you know be you may fair, have to. You have specifically stated before that in a zombie apocalypse, you would sabotage your survival group. Only my if br- I got only if I got horribly, horribly depressed, and part of it would be curiosity. The plan is to consume zombie flesh, see if I can contract it that way, and if I do, well, sorry, people, there's no visible marks. I'm just kind of sick. You're not in my survival group come a zombie apocalypse. I'm not in you're my brother, sur- but you're I'm not, not in my- anybody's survival group coming a zombie apocalypse. Do you know why? I'm not in my own survival group in a zombie apocalypse. I'm probably just going to kill myself first. My zombie apocalypse plan is brilliant. We're at an hour mark. Should we go into- Do you have a zombie apocalypse survival plan? Quickest, easiest way to kill myself. Okay, so that's his plan. Well, or just walking off into the woods and seeing how long I can survive for funsies. My plan, I know where this elderly couple near me lives, and they're like, they're not doomsday preppers, but they're extreme couponers. So their garage is filled with with like food and water and shit. So the first stage is I go to this local Walmart where there's always RVs parked, Mm -hmm. and I bring weapons with me. Also, semis with sleeper cabins. We're taking one of those RVs. Next, we're going to the neighbor. They're not really my neighbors anymore, but we're going to the, the elderly couple. Yep. And we, I have no plans to harm the elderly couple. Well, let's put that. Unless they draw, well, draw on me, I don't want to hurt them. I just want to raid their garage for supplies. Mm-hmm. Then we will make the three-hour trip down to southern Indiana where some of my friends live. We will kidnap them against their will because one of them has the same plan as Justice, so we have to act fast. <laughs> and then... This RV filled with all my board games and drinks and food and alcohol will be a continually moving, survivable role-playing game and board game house on wheels until we all die from either lack of water, lack of food, or zombie attack. Okay, so my actual plan, if I have a plan, doesn't include killing myself at any point in any way whatsoever, even if I become depressed. What it does include as as a survival plan, so I'm actually trying to survive, okay? Yeah. Basically that for the first part. And um, then from there, people are always like... Well, you could live on the ocean or an island. No, no, no. First off, you need to know what type of zombies you're dealing with. Yeah, obviously. If we're talking shit here, normal zombies, they're not smart. Okay, so not a large town, a smaller town, small, mediation town. Second level, destroy stairs and ways down, and just live above them. But they could corpse pile. That's why you thin them occasionally? Like, you just live above them. They are the peasants now. <laughs> yeah, I, which, I mean, matches the idea of what zombies were kind of are sometimes about, where they represent class systems and stuff so yeah they are the peasants <laughs> uh, yeah just fucking live above them it's not hard turn some other rooftops into gardens and shit you're fine man so and we were the small medium town that where we don't have a bunch of zombies to have to thin at once yeah Avi. so we're at the hour mark i we have one episode of co-pilots review left for the month of september yes and then we hit october yes we don't really have a theme yet for october no cool we do know one of the shows we're reviewing for october yes so I think our theme should be shitty sci-fi horror shows. Yeah. So, cool. By sci-fi, we don't mean S-C-I-F-I. We mean sci-fi, the channel, S-Y-F-Y. Yeah, S-Y-F-Y. You know, the proper way to spell science fiction. With, I mean... With, with Ys. It's gotten to be a really popularized way to spell it. Like, uh, But that said, we have decided on one of our Christmas shows, and I'm super excited about it. 
I remembered a random thing that I shouldn't have ever experienced in my life. <laughs> so I'm not going to spoil what it is, but I just want to say in Canada, they have these like shows that actually get new episodes, even though they only air once a year. Yeah. Monster by Mistake was one of these, which we've reviewed. Monster by Mistake was a Halloween show. Indeed. And they just aired the first two episodes of Monster by Mistake for multiple years in a row for Halloween. And then they started adding new episodes and like eventually like got an actual run as a show. Monster by Mistake. Our, our Christmas show is another one of these where instead of doing the Monster by Mistake thing where they aired the same episode year after year. It was a new episode each year. They would just air new episodes every year. And that's amazing to me that that Canada had that. Where like... They created a seasonal show, a seasonal show with an overarching story that only came on once a year. They're like, you better remember what happened last year. I mean, I would assume they showed the previous episodes from the previous years before leading up to it. I I know one year they marathoned all of them for like 12 plus hours. Fuck. Um, Yeah. But I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Like I said, I remember something I should never experience because, uh, yeah, I don't don't know why. Actually, after the September episode, we've got two episodes for Halloween. Mm Mm-hmm. We've got our November holiday episode. We've got a freebie November episode. And we got December holiday episodes. And then we get back to normal episodes again. Yeah. And we haven't decided if we are doing it this year or not. But if you guys want and you have any suggestions, I'm down to do another Fright Flight. Oh, yeah. Also, Christmas movie review, maybe? We need movie suggestions. Terrible Christmas movies. Or great Christmas movies, because I don't necessarily just review shit. However, we did say Christmas movie, so we all know it's bad. Also, Actually, don't suggest Die Hard to me. And they already have a terrible Christmas movie queued up. Is um, it Die Hard? Because it's terrible. Mm, Bite me. No, it, it features a streamer friend of ours. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, I've got it saved in my, fa- in my favorites on my Google Chrome. Yes. So, never mind. We have our Christmas movie lined up. Basically, what I'm telling you is get get ready. Get to be, to be in that holiday spirit. Because out of our next seven episodes, five of them are holiday themed. Woo. But anyways, this has been In the Cockpit. I'm Josh. That's justice. We have no new reviews to read on this episode, but if you'd like to leave a review, you can do so on iTunes or in your podcast, podcast listening, listening app, app of choice. choice. However, if you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Tweet us at copilotsreview. You can check out our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which, which has a link to our Gmail and Twitter. And to our Discord, which we don't speak out loud because Discord links are hard. Although I've been told you can customize those, I've just been too lazy to figure it out. I thought we didn't speak it out loud because it would anger the ancient gods. Yes, that's why. That's why. I, I lied. Um, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things we, we can't say it. We fear for our lives if we have to, okay? Also, if you just want to, like, talk wrestling i'm gonna make a wrestling subsection on the discord because AEW has been so good and i'm back to wrestling guys so excited yay anyways see you on the next flight